Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. My name is Trent Malachik. I'm Dana Zook. And Josh Bashong. Dana, it's time again to think about getting cows bred and we talk a lot about body condition scoring and, and what the best ways to get cows bred, what condition they need to be in, nutrition. We've talked in previous podcasts about getting bulls ready for the breeding season, but I think today we're going to move into actual cows and, and exactly what we need to be doing to get those cows ready for breeding season, especially since like with my herd, tend to calve out in February and March, you know, those cows are still very heavily bred and we're dealing with nutrition issues there and, and then soon be calving. So you brought in a guest today, I think tag team this with you, if you want to introduce him for us. Yes. So we have Earl Ward, my counterpart in the Northeast part of the state. So we're just, you know, rolling around the state with the livestock specialist. So he's an area livestock specialist uh, based out of Muskogee, but he lives in Claremore uh, and he is here with us today to talk about preparing cows for the breeding season, just continuing kind of on that track that we had a couple weeks ago with Marty about uh, getting bulls ready for the breeding season. So welcome, Earl. Well, thank you for the invite. So let's just start it off. What is the biggest thing about getting cows bred for the breeding season? What would be your opinion, Earl? Uh, so like, like Trent said, I think the the number one factor with getting cows uh, rebred or even getting your heifers bred is that body condition score. Um, you know, a lot of our research looks at that, that body condition score prior or at calving. Um, and so addressing that and how successful they're going to be at rebreeding, you know, about 83 days later, um, mm-hmm. we want to hit at least 83 days because therefore we can keep a 365 day calving interval. So, that body condition score, which is a you know free tool that we use, uh, where you just basically you're assessing how fleshy that cow is and what body can, what kind of condition she has on her at that time, is a great so indicator of, uh, you know, her reproduction performance. So it's a scale we use, a numeric scale from one to nine, right? Yeah, yeah. So normally, if we're looking at what body condition scores for beef cows. We use that scale of one to nine, uh, nine being extremely obese and one probably being a walking skeleton. Mm-hmm. Um, optimal performance for our cows is we want a cow that's mature cows. We're shooting for probably a body condition score five or, or better, five mm-hmm. to six. Heifers, we definitely want them in at least a six to try to maximize reproduction efficiency. So it's just really important if a producer wants to maintain that year-long kind of your calving interval uh it really is imp- body condition is very important just for that interval from calving to rebreeding right and that's why we look at uh, body conditions uh, scores at calving but sometimes it's too late at that point would you agree yeah i think the best time for you to start assessing that body condition score is just like trent said he's got cows that's going to calve here in a couple of months now would be the time to address that to where 
if there is a problem, we do have a cow and low body condition score. Now's the time to do it, to put flesh onto her, possibly more economical than once she calves. Because mm-hmm. once she calves, her, her nutrition requirements have just skyrocketed uh, due to lactation. So let's take advantage of that lower uh, nutrient requirements and maybe look at cows, you know, 60 to 90 days out from calving, assess body condition scores, and then try to maintain or increase if we need to body condition scores up to calving. Yeah, I think during that postpartum period from calving to rebreeding, uh, cow really goes through a lot of things. So, you know, lactation, of course, she's taking care of that calf, but she has delivered a calf. She's went through all of that stress. Um, she's healing her, her reproductive tract. And so that's why we say maybe just a little bit of extra body condition is good to, as kind of like a cushion. That's what I think about. It's kind of a risk management tool to where we can hope that she can get rebred in that timely manner. And Trent, you were just talking about cows uh, on wheat. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? Well, I think as you get farther out west and you have the wheat pasture resource, you know, you can cover up a lot of mistakes that you've had in the previous part of the year just because it's such a high nutrient dense crop, but it's also expensive to use that crop. And you also have to be careful on the other side. I think we would also say that you probably don't want to calve out cows that are either a seven or an eight, because especially heifers, because you're running into issues with layers of fat, obstructing that birth canal and then having issues with calving, maybe not so much on mature cows, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a situation I'm running as I'm developing heifers, and they're they're getting pretty big. They're getting pretty. They're wider than they are tall at some point here. <laughs> and, and, and I've, you know, about January one, I made the call that I'm worried about those heifers calving out in February. So I went ahead and pulled them off for a couple of weeks to kind of let them slim down on some. It's not necessarily bad hay. I put them on some oat hay that was testing around 12% protein, but at least it wasn't, you know, as, as high powered of a resource as wheat to try to get them to slim down a little bit before the calving season starts. Okay. So we've talked, we've jumped ahead and I, you know, jump ahead when I talk a little bit more, but it's hard to talk about what body condition scores look like when we don't have a visual on a podcast episode, but Earl, can you tell me a little bit about what that cow in a body condition score five looks like visually, what you would look at? Yeah. I, I, Hopefully I can. So to me, <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> so to me, uh, you know, let's start with body condition score four. At that point, uh, if I'm looking at a cow, what I'm looking for, first thing I'm going to look for is ribs and seeing if I could see some definition of ribs. If I can see two or three ribs, uh, she's at least a four. Uh, and I start looking at her, her hips and seeing how, you know, apparent they are. So four, that's probably where she's at, a little thinner. You'll notice that, uh, you know, um, that's probably the point where producers start saying, yeah, she's starting to look a little thin. Kind of protruding bones and skeletal yeah. structure, just the start of that, right? Yeah. So for me, once we get to a five, you probably can't see necessarily the ribs, uh, but there still is a, a definition of, of hips, and they're still what I call sharp at that point. Mm-hmm. But so she looks good. It's just she hasn't started putting on cover to round over the hips or started round over the pins at the back. Um, and you start looking at the vertebrae, you really can't see them near as much. Once we get to a six, that's when those hip bones are, they're more rounded. 
Mm -hmm. um, she's got cover. You can't see any ribs and things like that. So when you're looking at it, you also got to realize that there's so many things that can uh, influence your visual appraisal of body condition score, how much hair they have, how much water they've drank, how full are they? There's several things that can go into a visual, even for, for instance, breed can influence a, a body condition score. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I had a guy one time tell me that, oh, this cow seems to be always thin. I said, well, geez, I hope so. She's dairy influence. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> uh, you know, yes. If you have a dairy cow that's in a body condition score six on a beef cow stand, that's a fat cow, you know, dairy cow. Mm -hmm. But so there's several things that impact that. But visually appraising to where they look good. And again, a five to me, you're probably not seeing a rib. If anything, you're seeing the back rib. Um, mm -hmm. But she just hasn't started rounding over the fat cover yet. Yeah, I think about those higher body condition scores. So starting at a six and a seven, um, they that cow will actually kind of start to look like a feedlot animal, like a growing calf. So there'll be a lot more fat cover, kind of similar to what you would see on uh, an yeah. animal we were really wanting to gain a lot of fat cover. So smooth, round, you know, yeah. the rounder they get, I mean, that's increasing the body condition score because it's just measuring the fat cover is really what we're doing. Musculature too, I suppose, yeah. the muscling. Really thin cows will have really, you know, small, um, small muscles. That's not really what I'm trying to say. Um, but just the, the musculature will be, um, I mean, here I am trying to figure this out. So as, as they lose body condition, they, they are Lose using muscle. that energy stores, right? And so they're using energy stores that is muscle too. Yeah, I think on on the upper end of that scale, Trent's right. You know, looking at that, we definitely don't want to push a cow to become a body condition score seven mm -hmm. because we do do get into that a problem of dystocia because they are too fat. Uh, the other thing is, is with his heifers, we really don't want them getting that too fat because what we've seen is if heifers gain too much and deposit too much fat eventually they'll start putting fat in their mammary system and that will influence their milk production once they do calf. So it, is that a lifelong thing? Like their entire life? I believe so. That's I mean, it, it, it is something that we want them looking good and fleshy, but if we push them too hard, we can have a negative impact on their milking abilities from then on. But, and plus putting on flesh costs a lot of money that, that wheat's not cheap. Like he said, so, uh, we don't want to leave them out there too long. Uh, you know, and if I'm having to do it out of a bucket or a feed bag, that's a lot of money to put that extra flesh on them. So having them in good conditions, one thing, but definitely don't want to overdo it. And, and yeah. the biggest reason we want them at that big level is, is because you talked about the, you know, once we do calve, you do have that, that animal has to recover from, from calving and, and get back into the system has to be running at a, an efficient level. Um, you know, I was looking at some research, uh, and it was back from 1990, looking at body condition score in re relation to their postpartum interval. When do they start cycling again? Well, if they're in a body condition score four, it takes about 70 days. And so that only leaves us 13 days to hit that window to get her bred to make sure she calves within 365 days again. If they're in a body condition score four or five, that's at 60 days and a body condition score six is about 52 days. Mm -hmm. So again, that body condition score at calving helps give us time. For instance, if she's in body condition score six, she starts cycling 52 days. 
that gives us at least two chances, two cycles to get her bread and still hit our, our goal. Because that's her goal is she needs to have a calf every year and, and, and produce that calf efficiently. Mm-hmm. I think you, earlier you said you still wanted the heifers to maybe be closer to six and mature cows to five. Is that mostly for that recovery or yes. you don't want the heifers too fat? Yeah. You need that heifer in a body condition score six just because this is her first calf and it's going to be a huge amount of stress on her physically and everything. So, um, plus you need her body ramped up at a level to where she's performing at a hundred percent. If we start, you know, pulling her back and she's not at the nutritional level, she should be, she's never going to be able to hit that rebreeding goal that we have. And we definitely want her. And what we've seen is, is, you know, if we can get her bred and bred early, well, there's more of a chance of her staying in the herd longer. And I'm pretty sure Trent would say that that is an economic impact of having a cow in the herd. The longevity of her is a, is a major influence on profitability. Yeah, the, the stress to keep animals in the herd is oftentimes a stumbling block for a lot of producers, not knowing when to cut ties with that heifer. <laughs> if, she, if you're having trouble getting her rebred because you have so much invested in her and it's been You've been with her for so long because oftentimes I'll buy stalker calves and run them on wheat and then try to get them bred through the summer and then put them on wheat again before they calve. So, you know, I've spent quite a long time and a lot of resources with those animals. And boy, you like to give them second chances if you possibly can to try to keep them there because the investment is so high. Yeah. Yeah, I think also from a heifer's standpoint, they are actually going through a change in their mouth, like losing some teeth and that sort of thing. And so I think we also say that, you know, having a little bit of cushion is good because maybe they're not wanting to eat as much. Um, maybe not in a wheat situation. Maybe it's like baby food. Wheat's a little bit more palatable. And so maybe that'd be better, but a um, little bit more palatability. Um, but there's a lot. Hef- the heifer deal is kind of a special sort of thing. Yeah. I think a lot of our producers, uh, that especially the ones I deal with, they treat heifers, once they have a calf, they treat them like cows. Mm-hmm. And, and reality is they're not, is because not only is this her first calf and she's having to deal with a lot of stress right now, um, you know, her body's changing the way she don't know, but also she's still growing. And so this, that growing heifer who's, who's calved out has a total different nutrient requirement than a mature cow does. And I think a lot of people do their heifers disjustice when they kick them out to pasture and treat them like cows at that point. What we should do is definitely make sure that those heifers are still separated and that they are fed different and to maintain that body condition score through the next breeding season. Because uh, if not, I think you'll see a lot of those heifers drop out due to a, a decrease in available nutrition. Well, yeah, and if you kick them out with the cows like they're having to deal with all the big mean five-year-old cows are gonna butt them out of the way and so kind of goes to say maybe splitting them up and that sort of thing kind of like what you said i was thinking dana like economically as a producer you have to be a certain size to even consider retaining heifers in my opinion because if you can't have a herd of heifers that are by themselves you're better off probably going out and buying three to five-year-old cows from an economic standpoint, especially the last several years. There's been a lot of value in a bread or, or a three to five-year-old cow-calf pair. They look expensive at the sale barn. Man, if you develop heifers, especially two or three at a time, man, 
you can you start to put a fence all of that and it makes a lot more sense to to get a cow that fits the herd you currently have instead of trying to make two heifers fit in a herd of 20 mature cows it just doesn't work very well yeah i know we've had a lot of conversations about that trent the cost even if you're using wheat um it's, it's still very high to develop those heifers and so if i had cows someday maybe i'll have cows again <laughs> but i mean i would rather have a three-year-old cow or a four-year-old cow because i mean she's ready to go it's kind of like buying a house that's all painted and ready to go i mean you move it and there you are i mean that's kind of a weird analogy but uh you know she's just ready to go typically i mean maybe a little bit of added nutrition but not yeah. a lot of development there and i don't know about y'all but Calving out heifers is not my favorite thing to do, you know, and, and especially, you know, a lot of people, they want to go buy bred heifers. Uh, I know this is kind of getting off our subject, but yeah. I mean, there's not a heifer bred in the United States that isn't bred to a quote, low birth weight bull. In reality, they're bred to a bull that, that was available, <laughs> you know? And so you get 20 heifers home and then you got to, spend you know all that time pulling 18 out of 20 or something like that i'd rather Ugh. i'm like trent i if i'm not focused on a certain genetic strain or i'm i got a closed herd or something like that i'd much rather go buy a three to five year old cow and you know a lot of times you can buy you know a pair that's already bred back you already got money in the pocket at that point so i know that's off subject there but <laughs> No, it's I'm all about breeding. It's good. I mean, those are the things as we're thinking about rebreeding and that sort of thing. I mean, so let's jump into nutrition because you, it's kind of your area of expertise, mine as well. So we'll use this opportunity. I have a question for you. So get ready. All right. Ready, Earl? Are you ready? That's okay. So realistically, if we think about producers right now, uh, maybe they're March. They're calving. They'll start calving mid-March. They have cows that maybe are in a body condition score four and a half. We don't half score, but let's just say they're a little bit under a five. They need to uh, gain some condition. What would be your recommendation nutritionally if you got that call uh, from a county educator through a producer? So uh, we're already at March. So we didn't look at body condition scores prior to calving. Well, right now. We're thinking okay. about it right now. Okay. Yes. So, from this standpoint, it's mid, let's say mid-January. Let's say that. And we got about <laughs> 60 days. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't tell so, you those details. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's a total different, maybe a different strategy. Uh, yeah. So to me, a lot of the things is, um, you know, if we look at requirements, most of those, especially on mature cows, they're mainly strictly for maintenance. And then once we go above it, um, you got to realize that the animal starts partitioning nutrients it's a waterfall. They, they have a maintenance and then it goes to fetal development, then lactation, then growth, uh, reproduction before she ever starts putting flesh on. So that's the way she's partitioning the nutrients that we're giving her. We have to hit a lot of things there before we can start putting fat on. However, the thing to do would be start with a good quality forage. Uh, if you're not getting hay tests done, that's the, that's the very first step I tell anyone to do. You can't go off of last year's hay analysis or anything like that. The next step is evaluating which supplement fits that forage to get us to the goal that we're going to. All right. So uh, if we need to increase one body condition score in a cow, typically that's about 80 pounds. Mm -hmm. All right. So if we're 80 days away, we need that cow above 
her fetal growth, uh, you know, because she's whether she maintains body condition or not, she's going to increase in weight just due to the calf is growing and fluids and things like that. We need to put an extra 80 pounds of flesh on her. That means we're really going to start pushing the nutrition to her. Uh, we're probably, we're going to pick supplements that are most likely higher in energy. Um, once a mature cow is mature, protein levels are considerably low compared to growing animals. It's at that point we really need to start pushing the energy in, into those animals. Is and, that 80 pounds for a mature cow or a red heifer? Well, it depends on uh, 80 pounds is kind of the rule of thumb for a mature cow. Mm-hmm. 80 and, to 100 is what we yeah. say. I mean, I think typically. I mean, it depends on your, your body, your frame scores of your cows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So yeah. You've got to put on an extra pound a day to do that. And it's, but again, once she calves, right? Um, but nutrient requirements just extremely go up high and stay there during lactation. Um, now, the good news is, is if we do see that cow in a low body condition score 80 days prior to calving, you know, we go out there now and she's thin. If we start now doing something, even though we might not make up that 80 pounds, as long as that cow is in a positive nutritional plane, meaning she's gaining, what we've seen through research is that effort is worthwhile in getting her that postpartum interval uh, decreased and then getting her uh, rebred at a, in a timely manner. So it's, it's kind of a, a double factor there. Body condition score, definitely the most important, but also that plane of nutrition. You'd much rather have a cow that's in a body condition score four and a half coming up to a five and a half versus a cow that's in a body condition score six going down to a five during breeding. So mm-hmm. um, right now would be the time to, you know, work with your county educator and saying, hey, my cows are thin. What can I do? And then go through those steps of looking at your for- available forage and then looking at supplements. Go up to that. You may get I've- in a situation where you're not substitute or supplementing anymore to where you might be actually feeding for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And I think we can't go without saying how important it is to know the whole picture so if the cows are out on, you know, dry grass, we can, we can really kind of assume that we're at this point seeing like a four to 5% protein in that, that forage. But if you're feeding some sort of hay, it's so important for us to know, to give a producer appropriate recommendations because hay could be four or eight or 11. And it really makes a difference on how much feed you have to buy. I think would just really drive that home. And I always, always push that importance. Yeah. I always show producers the, the hay that's came off of just my, my place there, big town of Uligaw. Um, You know, we can, again, we can't go over what the hay tests were last year. Um, so in the six years that I've done hay tests, I've had anywhere from 6.4% crude protein to this year was 11.2% crude protein. So same place, treated the same pretty much. Um, and so that's a wide range of available nutrients. One would, you know, the lowest would require a, a buttload of, of supplementation. Whereas mm-hmm. this year's forage at 11%, well, if that cow's in good body condition score, if she ate all she wanted of that, she pretty much maintained body weight. 
Well, I've always heard you say mate cows maintenance diet is eight requirements is about is a total diet level eight percent protein. Is that right? Did I yeah. get that wrong? Okay, That's and then a rule of thumb for a dry cow. Okay, for a dry cow, and then a lactating cow needs about ten percent protein. Yeah, and 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 we should say that there's more to the story, right, than protein. Yeah. We keep talking about that. Yeah, so if you're looking at energy levels there, that dry cow requires about 52% TDN. Uh, your your lactating cow, about 58 So, again, those are rules of thumb, and mm-hmm. things change as far as cow size. That's kind of based off a 1,200-pound cow at that point. Mm-hmm. If we increase weight or decrease weight, that, that can change quite a bit. Well, and we, if we are having just like the scenario I put to you, if we're having to really ramp up some nutrition, uh, that kind of goes out the window. We need to maybe add some more nutrition, uh, more than that rule of thumb. Yeah, exactly. So for instance, cold stress, uh, you know, right now, if it's wet and cold, that those cows are, are using a lot of that energy stored uh, to maintain body heat. So there's times where supplementation is required even above that, mm-hmm. that amount. Well, very good. Well, that's a great summary. Preparing for the breeding season, rebreeding, body condition scores. Um, we can't do much better than that the, unless they're here to look at some cows. And so someday when we can meet again, we'll have some of those meetings, right, Earl? Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks for joining us today, Earl. I know I really learned a lot about what I need to be thinking about as we move towards the end of the breeding season or into breeding season, the end of the gestation period, really, for a lot of our producers. So I'll definitely take some of that to heart and go home and try to put it in practice. Again, thank you for joining us today and we'll catch you next time. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.